It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and Brady, on a uh, Monday, wrapping up the football season. We did get one state uh, title. Congratulations to Ubley. Um, but we did not get the other one that we wanted as Elmont fell. No, and we'll, we'll talk about it. There's there's a lot that went into that game. Um, Ubley kicked ass. I mean, they dominated that game. That, there was no doubt who was the better team in that one. Uh, but Elmont felt like they left a little meat on the bone, but we'll talk about it. Still a hell of a season for them. Still, a uh, obviously, Ubley finally got the big one. And... Lost in all of it, Northern's back on top of the Larry Manns. Yep, uh, and uh, we'll talk about that probably in the third segment is uh, when we'll do that because obviously I think we're going to open yes. with football. Uh, and, and since Brady was there at the games, I'll let him pick who we talk about uh, first when we come back. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Come for the food and stay for the family atmosphere. Try all of Chef Susie's world-famous homemade soups and sauces. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin also does carry out. Call 810-378-5565. Whether you want a great steak or their delicious fettuccine Alfredo, they have a menu for all tastes with daily specials. So come to the place where no one is a stranger, the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady. And uh, Brady, let's get to it. Who are you going to talk about first here? Well, let's talk about the champions. Um, Ubley, they dominated the game. Then It might be a boring way to put it, but they just kind of slowly suffocated. Ottawa Lake Whiteford. It looked like it was going to start out poorly. Ubley got the ball after a touchback, went 79 and 9 tenth yards, and got stopped on fourth and one 
and was a whisker away from scoring. And then Whiteford went back down and took it 99 yards and scored. And you're going, not like this. Come on. Like, is this really what's going to happen? And then from that point on, Ubley said, yeah, we're good. We're going to win this one. And yeah. Whiteford didn't really do anything after that. Yeah, I, I'm just uh, doing it because they had, let me do this real quick. They had 105 yards passing, yep. 76 yards rushing, and they did 99 yards on their first drive. So they had 82 yards the rest of the game. Yes. It was, it was a very weird game. We had 90 seconds left to go in the first half, and we had had three possessions. And that's the way Ubley's been playing. I mean, that's what right. they did to Beale City the week uh, before. Uh, and uh, in the interview with, with Coach Sweeney, he, he talked about that. Like, it, when we're doing it right, we're having long drives, being patient. Like, um, we're, we're used to these Ubley teams that are busting off 70-yard plays. Um, but this year was a little bit different. We We get a lot of their box scores, and they had a lot of – 10 plus play drives this year and they, they did a real good job and again a lot of heroes in my book everybody just does what they're supposed to do Seth Maurer had great final stats yeah he had 138 yards a touchdown five yards a pop uh and but I but I thought Volmering got big yards for mm-hmm. them like the when they gave him the ball it was in situations where, well, we need X number of yards for a first down, and he'd always get them three or four extra. Well, and Cannon Peruski was the guy that, for most of the year, was who they're handing the ball off to, giving it to, giving it, giving it to him. He had, like, almost 1,500 yards coming into the game. Touched the ball eight times. He was their third leading rusher. He had 36 yards and wasn't a bad day on the ground. They just didn't need to use him. And Evan Peruski, a guy who could can be the focal point, Two for three and a touchdown, and rushing had six carries for 32 yards. Again, when his number was called, got him over five yards a pop, but that was about it. But you're right, Dennis. You, the defensively was the big thing of 99-yard drive on the first on the first possession for Ottawa Lake Whiteford, 82 the rest of the day. Yeah. here's here, The other guy that I, I wanted to mention was Ly, uh, Ryan Learman. He had caught two passes, I believe, all season, two or three. Uh, and and he had two catches, including one for a touchdown. Yeah, here's here's the time of possession. Overall, it was thirty one, uh, just under thirty two to sixteen for Ubley. Here's the fourth quarter time of possession, and I didn't realize this until I saw it. Eleven minutes and three seconds. Ottawa Lake Whiteford had the ball for fifty seven seconds of the fourth quarter. Talk about putting the nail in the oh, coffin. It's a good way to protect your lead, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a really good way <laughs> to protect their lead. And, you know, last week uh, Coach Sweeney said that the game against Beale City was the the most dominant non-blowout he'd been a part of or however he put it. This one might have been more dominant because this was not a 15-point game. No, you know what was impressive? You know you got two good teams playing? Mm-hmm. One penalty in the entire football game. Yes. Yep, the entire game, one penalty, and no turnovers. No turnovers. No turnovers. So, Coach Sweeney goes out on top, and, I mean, if you would have given this script to Hollywood and they made it into a movie, Dennis would sit there going, oh, my God, this is the dumbest thing ever. This doesn't happen. He wasn't going to be the coach, and then he decides to become the coach, <laughs> and he comes up short twice, and in his final time after telling the kids a year ago that next year is his last year, he wins the big one against the team that beat him the last year. It just sounds unrealistic, but this Hollywood movie just happened in Ubley. <laughs> well, you know, and again, because we've been, we've been saying it for the last four years, the fourth year in a row we've said if they don't do it this year, they're never going to do it, and I'm finally happy to say they have done it. And now, folks, don't be surprised if the seal is broken <laughs> and Ubley doesn't win a few more in the next few years. Well, they lose a lot of good seniors. Like This was a really good class for Ubley, so it might take them a year to reload a little bit. Like They might not be as dominant as they have been, but they're still going to be pretty darn good. 
But yeah, this is uh, now all the demons of the past twenty years are gone. Now you, they've done everything there is to do. You know, I, I recognized a lot of the Ottawa Lake Whiteford names. They brought a lot back from last year. But uh, the the guy that was the winning quarterback last year barely played in this game. Yeah, the freshman quarterback um, Eitner was the one that played more, and they I didn't get why they they rotated quarterbacks as as often as it they must did. have been what they've been doing all season though because I can't believe they it just, just felt came like up they never got game. into a rhythm. It felt yeah. like they never got into a rhythm, and it was funny because a lot of what Coach Sweeney said to us in our in that interview came true. He's a little prophetic. He goes, "I, I don't care if we play a, an offense that people thinks eighty years out of date." If you can block and you can tackle, you're going to win games. And they tackled Ottawa Lake Whiteford, and they blocked, and they ran about the same eight plays and got them the state title. Yeah, they they were absolutely uh, incredible, and and that's that's just it's it was a great win. And and I again, don't pay attention to the score because uh, yeah, twenty one to to six felt like. 40 to 6. Mm-hmm. It really did. I mean, I, again, and I was nervous after Whiteford went nine, got the stop. Right. And went 99 yards. You're like, oh, here we go again. Yep. This is stupid. This is not fair. And Ubley just said, all right, bet, and went <laughs> and dominated the rest of the game. I mean, if you want to put it, again, you can play the what if game to the cows come home. Ubley scores and then doesn't give up a, uh, let's call it an 80 yard touchdown drive. They could have won that game twenty-eight to nothing or or worse. Like Whiteford was lucky it was that close because yeah. Ubley dominated that game. Yeah, they they really um, they, they could have scored on every possession that they had. Also, shout out to the Ubley faithful for a D eight game. They had the middle three sections packed. I'm guessing there was about two to three thousand in orange and black there for Ubley, and Ubley's population's like eight hundred. Yeah, well, I'm sure everybody in town was there, and then I'm sure everybody who's moved out of town but played football or has relatives still in town and going, so I'm sure everybody was there. And Coach Sweeney will always bring up the fact that he's very proud, the thumb supports the thumb, that whether it's them going or someone else, that they usually stick together, and I'm sure there were some other neighboring communities down there to watch him play. Oh, absolutely. Uh, We're not really... Anywhere near Ubley, no. to, to be quite honest about it. It's a long drive to get up there, but I was cheering loudly for them. And it just, you like Coach Sweeney. It was great talking to him. You're happy for those kids because, again, it is a Hollywood story, um, a, a school that was perpetually coming up short, that had had the talent multiple different times to finally do it in the coach's last game with a group of seniors he had been with for four years. You just couldn't write a better ending. Yeah, just uh, a, a really, what a great season. They, they go 14, so, so they're now 27-1 and one in their last 28 football games. And they all 27 victories have been by multiple scores. Yes. And that, that's what's really impressive. <laughs> right? Now, uh, yeah, just all the flowers to Ubley's. Celebrate it. Flags fly forever. No one can ever take this away from you. Yeah, I mean, just just to, to look at all these numbers, and, and they really dominated. They were four out of five on fourth downs, and what the, the, the fourth down they got stopped on was on the opening drive where they're an inch from the goal line. So uh, just real, real impressive um, by uh, Ubley. Three out of five when they got into the red zone. Mm-hmm. And that's they, Again, that's not good for Ubley. Like, that's not a good number to have. No, but, uh, and again, um, Ottawa Lakes-Whiteford got into the red zone once. Yeah. Their first drive, and after that, they didn't get inside the Ubley 20. So it wasn't even like they were threatening or at any point you're like, oh, my goodness, you know, is Ubley going to be able to hang on? They just had the ball all the time and just melted the clock away. So, Dennis, do you have anything else with this one? Um, because, I mean, there's there's not a lot to dissect. Ubley kicked ass and had this game in control most of the, most of the game. Yeah. So I do want to say that that game took two hours and 11 minutes. 
and I had a game in between, and then the Almont game. The second game of the day took three hours and 17 minutes to play. It was the longest high school football game ever. But uh, the the difference there, I'm just going to guess, is that uh, I mean, yes. yeah, one team threw the ball 44 Yes, times. Harper Woods and South Christian did throw the ball a lot. Yeah, but Dennis, the other it team was, threw it 18 times. There were so many injuries. I swear they were reviewing every third play. Um, <laughs> everyone used every timeout they had. It was whatever could slow the game down, slow the game down. There was 651 yards of passing in that game. There were 25 incompletions. So, real quick, just since <laughs> just since we brought that up, how do you think Marysville and Crosslex, they don't feel as bad now about that loss to Harper Woods considering they just won the state title? Yeah, no, Har- Harper Woods, uh, the, that running back, that Adams kid, was uh, was pretty good. There and are a they, lot of, well, and obviously, the these are the best teams in the state. So, you're going to see a lot of good players. But I thought everybody – had a great running back, and everybody had a great quarterback. Harper Woods was in control of that game, and they tried to choke it away. Like, Grand Rapids South Christian was stopped at the five-yard line as time expired. So, Harper Woods was doing everything it could <laughs> to give the state title to South Christian, but Harper Woods gets the win. Hey, congrats to them. But uh, you want to take a break, and I feel like the Almont one will have to go a little more in-depth with because there was – Disappointing play at some points, some controversial moments at some others. Almont had chances. They just, Kingsley made all the big plays. Yeah. All right. We'll get to that in just a moment. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. With in-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. 
I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of Four Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it. We will beat the big box stores in service, quality, and price. For sports equipment, uniforms, varsity jackets, corporal apparel, awards, engravings, and more, making us your team's one-stop shop. Come into the same location we've always been at, 3950 Pine Grove Avenue. Come in the side door until our brand new retail space is open. So swing on by and check us out at the brand new Four Sports. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. And uh, Brady, let's talk about the Elmont game. They fall to Kingsley 38-24. to um, At points, it felt like not a real good game because at one point it was 22 to 3 Kingsley at other points it felt like ooh Elmont's going to pull this out after all mm-hmm. they they they've been in this spot and they're going to get it when they got it to 30 to 24 I thought if they get a stop they were going to win the game mm-hmm. they couldn't get the stop Well let's start with the first half I I'm just going to put it bluntly Elmont was getting their ass kicked up front for the first half of this game that Eli Graves is a hell of a running back for Kingsley. But it it makes a good running back look otherworldly when he doesn't get touched until five yards downfield. I mean, the the offensive defensive line for Almont just in the first half weren't playing like they had been all year. And Kingsley took advantage of it. And they knew that Eli Graves was their bell cow and kept giving it to him. I mean, Graves ended up 33 carries, 210 yards, four touchdowns pretty pretty damn good day he was a big dude i think he was listed at 183185 i think was what he was listed at i could be wrong but elmont when they had the kick return and scored right before half you went okay they needed to steal that because they got the ball and they scored immediately then they, they they couldn't get the stop they answered right they answered right back and then, well, let's go back a little bit because this will all tie into one. Was the officiating the greatest? No. Is that anywhere near an excuse? No, because you, you can't play like you did in the first half. We'll start with what was eventually the right call, but just was handled very, very poorly. So on the third Kingsley touchdown, that before the two-point conversion made it 20-6, to six. They went for two, threw a pass, and it was caught near the sideline. They originally called it complete on the field. And then 30 seconds later, it might have been during a TV timeout. I don't know. This is what's happening in Ford Field. They said, after review, it is incomplete. So you go, okay, 20 to 6. Then they go to, as they're going to kick off, someone over the, the PA guy just goes, the try is good. And I'm like, what? Like, it was very confusing. They didn't stop the game. They just said it, like, right before they ran to kick it off. So they kick it off, and I think that is when Almont returned it. And then after Almont had scored, during that possession, they Bally Sports had it at 22-6, to but the in, the in-stadium scoreboard still had it at 20-6. to The state website where they do live stats had it at 20-6. to So I go, Where's this disconnect? And then they Almont scored, and you'd then the in arena scoreboard changed to twenty two to six or twenty two to three, and then the state changed a few minutes later. It wasn't until Almont was kicking off after that they went. Oh, by the way, we re reviewed the two point conversion, and it was good. So the score is twenty two to ten, which. From the replays was the right call. But you have to handle that in real time. You can't go, oh, by the way, that play that happened 15 minutes ago in real time, uh, that was actually good. Like that That's a moment you have to stop it before kickoff. The official has to explain what happened and get on with it because then you're going, wait, how did they get two points out of thin air? Yeah. Now, I don't know because you that. were watching the game lot. Yeah, on on TV, it was a little a little smoother than that, I guess. 
because they kept showing the replay going, oh, geez, you know, this should be uh, a catch and a two-point conversion. And I'm looking at it going, yeah, how did they not? He's clearly got a foot in. This isn't the NFL. Right. He doesn't need to have two feet down. what happened was his back foot hit before his front. His front foot was six inches to a foot out of bounds, but his back foot had dragged right before his front foot hit. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to me, it was a clear conversion, and I'm like, oh, all right, if they don't want to give it to him, break for Almont. But uh, event, and then they went to a commercial mm-hmm. because they were taking breaks between scores and kickoffs, and when they came back, they're like, they've, they've changed this call, and they're counting the two-point conversion. But, so the TV guys knew that it was being changed. Where it got botched up, where everybody else knowing it, I don't know. Yeah, and that's what I don't get. Like, you can't just okay. You try to slip it in and go. The try is good. What does that mean when you go? It's a, it's a kickoff, and the scoreboard in the in Ford Field didn't change for about five to ten more minutes. Yeah, like it just that's where an official has to just blow the whistle, get on the microphone, and just explain. All right, we've actually reviewed it this time because the way it was explained when they first said after review it wasn't really after review they just talked about and I think they looked at the jumbotron and saw the front foot out of bounds and said all right no good but when they took a longer look at it they changed it but none of that was ever explained and I just you got to be better than that in a state final yeah I you know and, and I'm not even sure I like uh, like, I like getting it right mm-hmm. over all other things. But since you don't ever use this any other time of the year, uh, I'm not sure what purpose it serves having it in the finals. Yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword because I understand what you're saying, but then you don't have it, and then there can be a clear and obvious call blown, and it's like, well, you have the technology to fix it. I, I get what you're saying. I see both arguments, but... Anyway, but, but that's part of high school sports is that the kids don't get paid um, and human error is part of what goes on. Speaking of which, so it's 30 to 24. Almont has crawled its way back. They're trying to get a big stop. They're start, the, the, the offensive and defensive lines are playing eons better than they were in the first half. They're forcing Kingsley into third and fourth and longs. They just can't get the stop. And they're inside Almont territory, and the ball pops out. Almont recovers. They rule them down on the field. Now, in Ford Field, they showed one replay really quickly that Coach Lusby said, All right, I'm going to challenge. So he used the timeout, tried to challenge. They would not show another replay in Ford Field. And they had shown replays for challenges before. Like the Ubley game. They showed Peruski being a half yard short. They showed it right on the the whole time. There wasn't a chance in hell they were showing that replay. <laughs> and Dennis, everyone I talked to has said basically the same thing. I'm pretty sure it was a fumble. But I can't change the call, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, so Bally did a good job with this. They showed about four angles uh, on on the replays. And in every single case, I could see the ball hitting the the back heel of a Kingsley player and coming out, but you just couldn't see where the guy's right elbow was, mm-hmm. um, whether it was Already on the ground, whether it was going to the ground, whether it happened. You just couldn't tell. And since they ruled it one way, there was no way you could change it from any of the angles. And and kind of the general consensus from, uh, I think it was Matt Shepard, and I don't know who was doing the game with him. But they were like, I think it was a fumble, but I think they made the right call and not changing it with what they have. And that's just – and again – does Almont win that game if they change it? I don't know because there's prob- there's what, th- under four minutes to go and they would have had to go 85 yards to score. That's a tough, tough ask for Almont. But do you wish they got the chance? Absolutely. Here's the, you know, the interesting thing because they said this, Kingsley lost one 
fumble all season. And Graves fumbled like two or three times. Yeah, and, and in the again, fourth we quarter. talked about some of those small breaks. There was one, I think, in the third quarter where he fumbled and it bounced right back to him. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't look back at that play and going, wow, what a big. Man, if that one takes a different bounce, how different is that game? If they rule it a fumble on the field, because if they rule it a fumble, I don't think there's any way to say he was down from what you're saying. Because, again, they you couldn't have paid yeah, anyone no, enough yeah, to show had, that replay. Had, had they called it a fumble, it also, there's, there's also no way they could have overturned the call. It right. would have been a fumble. It, it was The fact was they, they their reaction, I guess, was to say he was down or that the ground caused it or, or whatever. I think they were wrong, but again, once they showed the replay, you can't change it, and it would have been the same thing. Had they ruled it a fumble, they would have had to keep it a fumble. There is no way they could tell whether he was down. Now, is that frustrating for Almont fans? Absolutely. But when it comes down to it, you can't play as bad as you did in the first half. I mean, you were, it was, Almont was lucky that it was 22-10. to 10 at halftime. It, it took a couple breaks to get there. Just, you you got to get a stop. They had chances. They, I mean, you, you can't take that roughing the passers. Even if the kid doesn't make an unbelievable catch, it's still a first down. There were plenty of self-inflicted wounds for Elmont that while that fumble, no fumble, is heartbreaking, you can't put yourself in a position to have it go down to replay like that. Well, and you got to get a stop at some point. Yes. It's 22 to 10. You get the ball first and you get and you are typical Almont. Batani breaks a 65-yard run, dashes into the end zone. It's 22 to 17 now. But who gets the next touchdown? Kingsley. Cole Walton catches a 17-yard touchdown pass. Now it's 30 to 24. Kingsley comes down and, and they had again. third and fourth down opportunities. Yeah, too. I mean, you, you got. Yeah, I think there was like a fourth and six or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like you at some point, somebody's got to make the to play uh, and champions will do this. Somebody mm-hmm. will make that play and get you the ball back and give you a chance to win. Because I really felt had they called it a fumble. I wouldn't put it past Elmont to march down the field. And, no, and they score. would have had a great chance, but it's. It does. It wasn't a hundred percent change. That if this call gets changed, there's no doubt about it. Almont wins. Um, but again, it, it, it was a great game. Uh, Almont had a terrific season. It just sucks to come up short once again. Yeah. And I know it hurts a little more because when we talk to coach, uh, the coaching staff before they go. Yeah, replay bit us the first time around. <laughs> that is true. And then, then it happened again. And that was in the back of my mind going, man, they probably hate the, the replay in the finals. But uh, basically they gave up 400 yards in this yeah. game. Uh, and uh, also um, Kingsley ran 68 plays and Elmont ran 27. So that the score was 38 to 24. I mean, right. El- Elmont actually did a lot with very little. Yes. And and for what Kingsley did, they, they probably should have had a couple more touchdowns. Right. And, hey, it was, it was a bad day to have a bad day. Because Elmont, I mean, they if they played like they did in the second half, the whole game, they probably win the game. Or at least it comes down to the final play. Yeah, uh, they they certainly have a, and they had a chance, but they have a better chance uh, if they start with the second half, like it, like if if we played the second half first and that's halftime, right? You, you got a tie football game, right? Well, and, down and, two, yeah, and then the 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 second half will be what it is. So that does it for football season this year. It was fun. Got got a state champion. So congrats to Ubley and congrats to Elmont on another great season. It ends on a bit of a sour note, but yeah, if you go back into August and listen, <laughs> like we had no idea what Elmont was going to be. We had no expectations for them getting and, here. And here they they win the BWAC rather impressively, in my mm-hmm. opinion, um, and then just fly through the first four rounds of the uh, playoffs 
uh, and get to the state finals. Uh, I don't think anybody would have predicted that. Maybe at Almont, but they knew what they had. Right. We didn't until we saw them play a few times. And turned out to be pretty darn good. So that puts a bow on football season. And while hockey's underway, basketball starts tomorrow. So we are uh, no no real rest for us. We get today tonight off, and then we're back at it tomorrow. But Dennis, you were working as much as I was this past weekend with the Larry Mans, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll do that next. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is McKenna Kitely from Port Huron Northern at Port Huron Schools. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know that I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the court. I also know that they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of Four Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it. We will beat the big box stores in service, quality, and price. For sports equipment, uniforms, varsity jackets, corporal apparel, awards, engravings, and more, making us your team's one-stop shop. Come into the same location we've always been at, 3950 Pine Grove Avenue. Come in the side door until our brand new retail space is open. So swing on by and check us out at the brand new Four Sports. Let me tell you about my friend Scott down at Miller Maytag. He knows quality appliances and how to help make your home run as smoothly as possible. Let the appliance experts at Miller Maytag help you pick the best American-made products from Maytag, KitchenAid, Whirlpool, and more. Freestanding double ovens will change your kitchen setup forever. Their high-efficiency front and top-load washers will save you money and do your laundry in half the time. Stop in today a quarter mile south of McLaren Hospital on Pine Grove. Miller Maytag is a proud supporter of local high school athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome uh, back, uh, Brady. Uh, the Larry Mans took place um, over the weekend, as you are well aware. And that uh, there had been some hockey prior to this, but this is really like the this, starting point of yeah, the Yeah, it feels the, like the, the kickoff. Yeah. Where to, we get hockey the, season. the four area teams. Anchor Bay did not participate this year, and Thumb Legion slid into that slot. Which I and, don't mind. No, I, I don't mind uh, either because they're kind of a fun team to watch. 
Um, and uh, they played hard against Marysville in, in the opening semifinal, but I really felt like the, the, it was one of those games that the Vikings were in control. A- at one point, they had a 4-1 to one lead in this game, and they ended up winning 5-3 to, uh, to three because they were able to do what Kingsley did. When Thumb Legion would score in the third period, Marysville would come right back and, and get the goal right back. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I really liked about the win was five different Vikings scored a goal. And Ben Lavalley wasn't one of them. Well, that that's good because you're hoping that they have a uh, a variety of guys that can find the back of the net. I, I think Nicholas Swiss had two shifts, and on his second shift of the game, he scored a goal to make it five to two, and and it was just a a big goal at the time. Garrett Schroeder had a goal. I like Luke Thick last year. Um, he's a great uh, skater, um, and and he's dangerous. He scored a beautiful shorthanded goal in this game. Had an assist. Gavin Vernarski is much bigger and stronger on his skates this year, and he had a goal and an assist uh, in this game. Uh, and Camden Smith, who was a player that I didn't know anything about, he had a goal and two assists in this game. And I'll get back to him in a minute because he got kicked out of the game against Northern, Ooh. and that, I think, made a difference Um because without him in there, it kind of messed up their lines. Gotcha. And it forced them to, I think, overplay some guys. And I, I just think they ran out of gas in the uh, end. But uh, Peyton Bowerman for Legion. Uh, he's not going to be Caleb Lettner. But um, he had five goals this weekend. He had a goal and an assist in this game. And then he had four in their win over PH on uh, Saturday. But uh, he really... Stood out. And the other guy that stood out to me, and, and I don't think statistically he had a big weekend, but Matthew Schmidt is uh, like a little forward slash sometimes he plays D, mm-hmm. and, and he really he skates well, he handles the puck well, um, he moves it well, uh, and he probably should have had a couple of uh, goals on the uh, weekend. Um, and uh, Eli Oldley was good. He had a goal in both games. But he did something I've never seen before. What's that? And this happened on Saturday, consolation game against PH. He took two five-minute majors in the third period. <laughs> Especially when there's only 17 minutes in high school. That's kind of tough to do now. I'm sure uh, their coach isn't laughing about it, but that, that's that's odd to do two in a period. Well, and, and, the, th- and the thing was is it – kind of opened the door they like they kind of had things in hand and they they took these two penalties and it it went from being six to two to being six to four well yeah because back in the first round northern took care of business against ph yeah i'll I'll get to the huskies in a minute because they were they were by far and away northern was the best team Mm -hmm. at the event marysville was the next best team at the event Legion was the third best team. Mm. PH only has nine skaters, a goalie and nine skaters. So they, the the fact that they got four goals against Legion, I thought was quite an effort. Joey Gilbert had two. The one was a beautiful tip. His second goal was a beautiful tip, and his first goal was highlight reel. It might have been the best goal of the weekend. Really? Yeah, he, he danced around a couple of guys. He went end-to-end, danced around a couple of guys, went in on goal, and and flipped it over the goalie's shoulder. It was actually a really nice uh, goal. But um, Legion, they're kind of a fun team. Would they win a lot of games in the MAC? I don't know. Um, But they'd be competitive. And in the league that they're in, I'll be surprised if they don't win more than they lose. Right. Um, Eager is a good goalie. She played the Marysville game, they used their other two goalies uh, uh, against uh, PH. Um, the one kid has got a great last name. It's uh, Barwig. He played the first and the third, and uh, Collins is their third goalie. He played the second period in that game. And another great name, Gabe Vander. This is the other reason I think I liked them. They've got great names. Gabe Vanderlip with two goals. Big defenseman, but uh, he joined the rush a few times. As far as PH is concerned, again, they play hard. Trudeau has really gotten better mm-hmm. in in goal, 
and actually on Friday against Northern, it was 6 nothing at the end of the first period, and Northern scored very early in the second to go up 7 nothing. And Trudeau stood on his head for like the next 12 to 13 minutes of the game and made four or five just stupidly good stops. Like, oh, here go, here's the goal. We're going into running time. Oh, my goodness, he stopped it. Oh, here's a wide-open chance for and, – and it, and it was all of Northern's shooters were right. getting these chances, and he stoned them. And then Bryson Smith is along the, the half boards, and he just kind of flips one towards the mm-hmm. net, and that's the one that goes in <laughs> to make it 8 uh, nothing. But uh, Northern's uh, – well, Real quick, one last thing about PH before we go to Northern. Just because with nine skaters, you're, you're fighting an almost impossible task. If they could just duplicate everyone on their team, so they had now 17 or 16 skaters, how much better would they be if they just had the same kids twice over so they had depth and could actually roll lines? Yeah, it, it would make all the difference uh, in the world because, again, with nine skaters, that means somebody has to double shift on every shift. Yes. So four guys can come off, one guy's got to stay, and then, you know, I, I know they, they try to rotate it through um, as best they, they can, but, the, the, yeah, they, they've just got – They've got nine kids that are just getting skated into the to the ground, and other the other teams know it. Right, the other teams know it. Um, Kyle Dunn, hey, Kyle got a shutout. He had to make one save. So, but he got a shutout. Um, Baumgartner was tested a little more by Marysville, but again, I just felt like, for the most part, I thought Northern dominated the first period against Marysville. Mm-hmm. They were up two to nothing with under uh, a minute to go in the period, and Brody Tuffin was just dumping the puck from center ice into the Husky zone, and it went on net, and it took a horrible bounce and went in. And it, it's kind of an embarrassing looking goal, but on McMoran ice, you know the way that puck bounces. No one's more familiar than that ice than you. It, it it's a lot tougher play for the goalie than it looks. To look at it, you're like, oh, I can't believe that happened. But uh, still, I, probably I'm, shouldn't. But it's I'm, not. I'm as... with you though, Landon. I I know how that puck got <laughs> in, and I know you were down in position to stop it, and it just bounced over. You've your seen stick. that happen in pro games on yes. that ice. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, and so that made it two to one, and I thought maybe the break would would lift up Marysville, but they were just a step behind Northern all game long. Uh, it was four to one, and Lavalley got a, a goal to make it four to two after two. But they really didn't challenge that much, and uh, and they got a lot of power play chances. There were a ton of power plays this uh, weekend. On Saturday, the PH game had thirteen power plays, and uh, the uh, Marysville Northern game had thirteen power. Wow. And there were, like I said, in the PH game, there were a couple of five-minute majors. There were a couple of five-on-threes. Um, teams had their their chances. Northern actually scored uh, two goals late in the game. Uh, Bryson Smith had a, a, another solid weekend. He had two goals and two assists against Marysville after having two goals and an assist against PH. He had a big weekend. Monahan had a hat trick against PH. So in their first four periods of the, the season – they had four hat tricks. That's impressive. <laughs> that is so, pretty impressive. Um, again, I like Northern's team. I don't know how it's going to equate for them in the MIHL. They'll never do this, and they'll hate me for saying it. I wish they would play in the MAC. They would win a bunch of games. Yeah. They'd win a lot more than they lose. But, yeah, you know what? Teach their own. Um, so, at any rate, though, it was a good weekend. Northern wins it for the 12th time in 13 years, minus COVID, where they didn't right. play. But in the 13 years they played, that was the 12th time they won it. It was the fourth year in a row that it was them in Marysville in the finals after uh, they had beaten Anchor Bay, I think, in five out of six years. Yes. So, um, And I don't know what happened, the, who Northern beat the first three years of the <laughs> Can't event. find it. But it was either Anchor Bay or Marysville, Marysville because they always start with PH in the first game. 
Right, well, maybe was St. Clair ever – did they still have a program in the early days of the Mans? I, I think they were out of the hockey business before they changed the name. They were there when it was the holiday tournament. Right, but not the, the Mans. Gotcha. So – well, that was the hockey, and now we are getting into basketball this week. It's not a, a not a full slate because the ladies haven't started yet. That's next week. But this week, we have tonight off, as I mentioned, Monday. But Tuesday, the 28th, Dennis, you'll be at St. Clair for the opening of their new gym. Excited for that. Lance Cruz at St. Clair. Get to see what the Saints are going to look like. I think we have some pretty high expectations for the Saints, like we talked about last week. And then Croslex at Marysville which is going to be an interesting game just to see what both sides have. Well, I, I'm, I'll be at that one. I'm, I'm telling you what, if those Marysville uh, guys have uh, memories and pride, they're going to want to put up a better showing than what they had last year. They were not ready to go in that first game up in Croswell, and that got ugly fast. And then Wednesday, there's just one game in the area, Utica at Northern for basketball. So I'll get to see the Huskies early this year, get to see what they are like without Mr. Basketball. And then the next night, you have Northern, but Northern Hockey against Lakeview. Yeah, uh, and that's actually a doubleheader. PH is going to play Grand Blank at 6. Oh, okay. And uh, St. Clair Shores Unified at 8. Look at, look at that. And an extra game in there. And then Friday, just one game, Clintondale at Marysville. The Dennis, you'll be at that one. And Saturday, we've got two games for you. Cousineau at Northern, or excuse me, Cousineau versus Northern. This is at Centerline. It's the MAC Clash of Champions or whatever they call it. Yeah, all, all the league leaders right. are gathered together for a tournament. So, we'll get to, last year. so I'll get to see Northern versus Cousineau, and then you'll get to see Port Huron take on a talented Centerline team. Are we going to do it that way? Yeah, because I believe Centerline's the late game. Yeah, well, one uh, the Northern game's at noon, the Centerline yes. game's at 6. I thought you were doing something. So Yeah, I'm doing something later in the day, so I can do the, okay. no, the noon game. Then we'll do it like that. Yeah, so I can do the early one, and then I have to scurry over, I believe, I believe for another game. I don't know. I'll double-check. Maybe it was the other way around. I'll double-check. But we'll have those two games for you in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Yeah, I, I've got it down as both on stream one, but I'll change that to stream two Let, and hold well, you to your word. Well, we'll double check because I thought I was doing one, but maybe I had the dates Cause, wrong. Because that was uh, a, a long uh, a long layover for me because there's like two games in yes. between. Well, I'll double check. <laughs> maybe I, I had it wrong. I still will do it. Anyway, basketball season's here, and it's going to be a very interesting season, but I think a fun one. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it uh, again. I think we've got a lot of really good uh, players both uh, for – I think there's more in in the boys this year, but we've got some exciting girls player like Freeman, and we'll get more into it when yeah. we do a, a, a girls preview. We'll do, we'll do as much of a girls preview as we can do on, on Wednesday. We'll probably talk about uh, the games on Tuesday and then preview the girls. But, but if you get a chance to see Jade Friedman at Northern this year, I would take that. If, if you're up in the Yale area – Yale's going to be solid. See Sadie Dykstra. Bar's going to be maybe yeah. the best – Bar, be the bar best is a big good in the big. area. And Marysville's going to be good again this year. Yeah. Um, they're always good, but they're going to be really good, I, I think. And Avery yeah. Walters, you know, is one of my favorite players, and she's got some help. This oh, year yeah. See, this year she might be 1A and 1B. Yeah. <laughs> which and, is scary. And St. Clair, uh, there's a lot of expectations. Uh, we're, we're talking to you, Coach uh, yeah. P. There's By the gonna, way, happy birthday. Yeah, this happy coach. birthday. There's, there's going to be some expectations this year because we think you got a good team. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. So, all right, uh, we will you'll hear us tomorrow, and we'll talk to you on the podcast again on Wednesday. All right. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.